0: It's week 14, and we're talking about that one dude to the ladies, to the gentlemen. Yo, yo, fellas, 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 what's poppin'? How you doing today? Hope you're having a good start to your weekend as we bring you the That One Dude video, which if you're not familiar, if you're not, well, don't worry, don't worry. No shame to your game at all. You're here right now to get yourself educated, smacked with the information that you need. That One Dude is looking at a player at each position and one punt player that is going to be going lower owned, lower owned than I think that they deserve to be, and that I personally will be likely over the field on, or at least if I had to pick a player at that position at lower ownership to leverage the field with, it would be the player that's going to be That One Dude at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end screw your defenses screw your defenses screw your defenses we're going to be going with a punt instead so this week we got five players for you on our that one dude week 14 video and welcome in everybody sit back relax max all cool This is your time. This is your next 20 to 30 minutes of your day, your weekend, your relaxation on your podcast, your YouTube experience with me. I appreciate you spending your time here. If you would, be so kind to hit that like and the big old subscribe button as it pops up. We are about 800 subscribers away from our goal by the end of the year, which was 35,000. We're on pace for it. Let's not get off pace, right? So I appreciate if you Hit that like, that subscribe button. And also, I'm going to be upping the stakes for the podcast reviews. We're almost hitting 600. We're approaching the top 20 in the fantasy sports and betting podcast charts, which is pretty good for this little podcast podcast here punching up against all the espns rowing up the mountain right now coming for him chasing from behind so if you leave a review on the podcast this week only i'll be giving a hundred dollar giveaway instead of 50 you leave a review on the apple podcast store or stitcher the sal Vetri show just leave a way for me to contact you i'm going to be raffling those by the end of the week so basically i'll be calling it on monday at this point so all the people seeing this video will have a huge advantage over that because not many people will be knowing about that i'll mention it tomorrow on the live stream as well but if you just leave a review and a way for me to contact you five stars if you're on an android device you can leave that on the stitcher store or if you're on an apple device you can leave it on the apple podcast store whatever it might be thank you so much in advance that really helps us reach more people on the audio streets appreciate you all in all aspects of viewership youtube audio wherever it might be and before we get into this week 14 video we're going to get smacked with a lot of information i got my projections rankings a bunch of stuff game by game notes a lot of stuff's up right now to help you out to help all of you ladies and gentlemen out win all the dollar skis this weekend before we do that this video is sponsored by a proud sponsor at Superdraft who have been rocking with us really since before the pandemic and the stoppage to sports. They continue to rock with us. We just re-upped the contract with Superdraft because, look, I like the platform over there. I'm not going to be pitching stuff that I don't personally like, that I don't personally play myself. So we have a lot of people in the Discord, a lot of people in the community playing Superdraft nonstop. Well, you might be asking, hey, Sal what is Super Draft? Well, Super Draft is a multiplier format. So for example, if you're not familiar, Patrick Mahomes this week has a 1x multiplier. Well, if Patrick Mahomes scores 23 fantasy points, he multiplies that by his 1x multiplier and he gets 23 fantasy points. But, 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 and this is that big old booty is what you're going to be getting here is that if you have Teddy Bridgewater with a 1.5x multiplier, if he scores 20 fantasy points, technically that's less than Patrick Mahomes. But thanks to Super Draft's multiplier format, you multiply that by 1.5 and he's actually going to be given 30 fantasy points at that point, which is going to blow Oh, out of the water, Patrick homes 23. So that's the multiplier format. If you use my name, Sal, I have projections down below you could use to help you out as well if you want to on Patreon, linked in the description, give you a huge advantage over the field. If you use my promo code Sal, S-A-L, it will give you a free money bonus up to a thousand dollar rooskies. You can check that out again using the promo code Sal. Not a lot of professionals are playing over there because look, they just got time doing everything else. Not only their daily lives, but DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, right? All these other stuff, sports betting, player props, all that other stuff, their work, whatever it might be. They're not spending all that much time on Superdraft. And you can just judge based off of our Discord that uh, the sharks in Superdraft, if anything, uh, they're in the Patreon Discord. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to get the projections down below and go smack everybody around over on Superdraft. Why not take advantage of winning some dollar riskies and increasing your chances of increasing your return on investment via the Superdraft? So thank you, Superdraft. And let's start this off. A little bit of a drum roll in the background as I knock on one. I'm not going to go too loud. I don't want to ruin the microphone's quality, which we have a new one coming in the mail. So, I'm very excited for the sure joe rogan podcast style mike but what we're going to be having this week and stuff is going to pop up on the screen if you're listening on the podcast so projections ranking some of the game notes so that you can have a little bit more access to what really is going on behind the scenes and really just have more information the more the better quarterback position right there's a lot of guys in the quarterback position that i would like to make that one dude patrick mahomes he's too highly owned aaron Rodgers, dustin herbert all these guys they're too highly owned they're all going to come in above that five percent threshold and really for quarterbacks they're going to be coming in probably those couple of guys that are gonna be like 8%. Owned. Now, as always, I don't really care too much about quarterback ownership, because if you're gonna have a Aaron Rodgers at seven or 8% owned, I'm going to be probably getting somewhere about maybe 15%, 20%. I don't know for sure yet. But all that's going to be game stacks, team stacks, and I'll be leveraging the field far outweighing just based on my unique lineup of game stacks and team stacks compared to that ownership. But if you do want to look for a lower owned stack this week, and one that does have some upside in my opinion, look no further than a matchup between the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, which quarterback in this game, Sal, is going to be the savior this week at lower ownership? Maybe not the savior, but somebody that you can definitely leverage the field with pretty easily. And that man for me is very close between Teddy Bridgewater and this man to choose between. I think both are decent low options if you want another option there at low ownership below. five or so. I'm going to be going with the man, the myth, the legend himself, the man who ditched his friends up Northeast to move down South, which seems to be a nice move. If you're looking for the warm weather, like he is in Tampa Bay, Mr. Thomas Brady, sorry, call him Tom. Thomas Brady seems very weird. And Mr. Tom Brady this week is going to have on paper, a very good matchup. First of all, he comes in with a 29 team implied total. So you might think a little bit more of the running game and that's fine. But then you actually look down into the numbers and see that, yeah, Ronald Jones has had this big game here and there once, maybe twice this season in terms of overall usage. And they are going to be close to touchdown favorites in this one. But this is a team that throws Tom Brady, right now, the second most in the NFL with 474 attempts, 39.5 per game. And on average, in terms of passing plays per average, if you try and take into account neutral pace, even if they were in neutral game scripts, they still throw the eighth most in the NFL. So this is a pass heavy and a pass happy team. And it makes sense based on all the pass catchers and usage monsters that they have in that regard. Brady's going to have time to throw this week. That's not going to be a concern. A positive 47% pass blocking advantage for Mr. Tom Brady. And he goes behind the 17th ranked pass blocking unit. And that's going to be a big advantage for him because under pressure this year, Tom Brady ranked 33rd out of all the NFL quarterbacks. That's right. There's backup quarterbacks that have a better pressure completion percentage than Tom Brady. He has a 31% pressure completion percentage compared to a number four overall play action passing and a number three on average true completion percentage. So he hasn't been as accurate all that much, but when he's under pressure, this man falls apart. That should not be the case this week against the Minnesota 30th ranked pass rush that ranks 24th in pressure rate. Their coverage right now has been improving since the beginning of the year, without a doubt, especially since like the first one to three weeks of the season. Some guys have gotten healthier. Some guys who are early on undrafted free agents or rookies and just starting out, they've gotten more into a role and actually been playing like pretty decent players. But this week, it's not going to matter all that much because there's going to be a lot of time for Tom Brady and a lot of matchup advantages for his individual wide receivers, which we can touch on in a second. So what you're going to be getting is Minnesota allowing the 26 most passing yards per game to the quarterback position 261.7 meaning that they're borderline bottom five in the NFL in terms of yards per game allowed right now you have Tom Brady leading the league in red zone attempts he's second in deep ball attempts before Aaron Rodgers and he leads the NFL in air yards overall so a lot of opportunity especially downfield for Tom Brady this year he's averaging the eighth most fantasy points per game at 20.8 per game and he's fourth overall in play action passing completion percentage which is something that they should be able to set up in this one because the running backs for the Bucks are going to have a positive 52% run blocking advantage Minnesota's run defense ranks right now 20 overall in the NFL, 24th in tackling, allowing over 120 rushing yards per game. So yes, the upside for Ronald Jones and maybe even Leonard Fournette is there in this game, and that's only going to help Tom Brady's success and efficiency in terms of play action passing. Now, what has Tom Brady been doing as of late? And what is Tom Brady, if we just want to look at his projections this week that I have on Patreon, ownership rankings, all that type of stuff, you can see right now. I have Tom Brady projected for right around 5% ownership, as you can see in the own percentage column. I have him as a B- in cash because I don't feel as secure about him in cash. And this is a GPP show anyways. Who the hell's playing cash these days? I know that people play cash. It's I completely understand the purpose of cash. I have him as a B in GPPs. Right now, he's one of only like a handful of guys—six, seven guys—that become a B or B plus for me in GPPs this week. Gain access to all of them on Patreon down below. But I have him for 21.2 fantasy points, which then comes out to a little bit over 27 and a half super draft points. That 21.2 fantasy points right now is borderline, basically around like that fifth guy in my overall projections. There's a couple of guys ranking out for around 21 points and change, and Tom Brady is going to be one of them. So you can see right now on the screen that Tom Brady is definitely going to be a strong upside just pure points play this week but he's coming in at lower ownership he's coming in at a much lower price point than some of these other guys as well that are above him in the 7k range he has the obvious downside of just no rushing upside maybe you get a QB sneak touchdown or like three rushing yards but he has that obvious upside or downside of no rushing upside which is the big concern here because everybody else that's relatively above him Herbert Watson Murray Wilson Rodgers Mahomes all those guys have some component of rushing upside have some component and threat of running in a seven or eight yard touchdown when Brady's not really going to have that so you do have to rely on the volume but that's what you're getting this year you're getting that volume of the second most pass attempts per game look at this volume as of late this is his last six games right now 41 attempts 48 attempts 39 38 40 45 attempts. Then there was a game in week six where he had 27. Before that, 41 and 46. He's basically a walking 40 attempt quarterback right now. And he's hitting that 300 yard bonus about half the time. So he hit it playing from behind against Kansas City. He hit it against a suspect Carolina secondary. He hit it against a very bad, over 350 yards Raiders secondary, right? He was able to hit it against a very bad Chargers secondary when they were banged up. And now you're getting another secondary that allows a lot of yards. The 300 yard bonus is definitely in play for Mr. Tom Brady here. He's had three touchdown passes in two out of his last three games and at least two touchdown passes in each of his last three games. Tom Brady has gone now over 25 fantasy points for DraftKings in two of his last three games. I do think that he's a nice lower owned option for us this week, and that is why he is our that one dude at the quarterback position. Your stacking options for me in this order would be Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and then 3A, 3B with Gronk and Antonio Brown at this point in the week. Godwin is definitely going to be an, my number one preferred option. Runback options, a lot of them. You might not be able to afford Dalvin Cook, but he's going to be my number one runback option. Then Justin Jefferson, and at the bottom of that is going to be Adam Thielen, but nowhere near a bottom player. Now you have no Kyle Rudolph from Minnesota on the opposite side of this one, Irv Smith is questionable. If Irv Smith is out there and questionable does not become out, I will have no interest in Tyler Conklin if neither of these guys are, I probably won't have any. He'll be a punt tight end that really doesn't run that many routes and doesn't have that much upside. Maybe we'll get to him if he projects out decent when I update the projections, but Irv Smith will definitely be in play as a runback. Now let's get into the running back position this week where I'll have a that one dude player. And this was another thing like this week, we're at a week right now and the highest priced player in Dalvin Cook, who's been as consistent as consistent comes in terms of his overall touches and opportunities, who's coming off of a game where he just saw 40 opportunities without Alexander Madison behind him. And now Alexander Madison is out again. And yes, you heard that right. 32 carries on nine overall targets. The man has 179 total yards. Doesn't find the end zone. Oh, you should have fumbled at the one, got stuffed a couple of times. 179 total yards, right? Which was only his fourth highest total of the year. This guy goes for over 25 fantasy points and nobody wants to play him the next week at a very similar price point. And I get it because you have to pay out more so at quarterback this week, or at least it appears so. There's some more expensive tight ends on this slate. Nobody wants to play Dalvin Cook, and he's actually not our that one dude this week. But it was very tough to not make him our that one dude. It almost seems too obvious, right? This is a guy that I currently have coming in right now on my latest ownership run at seven percent, but I think that's going to even dip below, maybe even five percent this week as everybody continues to want to play the mid-range running max. Wants to play Derrick Henry over him. Wants to play those seven K guys and Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler over him, and it makes a lot of sense. So just be aware that Dalvin Cook, you're probably going to see him in a lot of tournaments this week, single-digit owned, especially if you're playing in larger field GBPs. But that's not going to be my that one dude this week. By that one, dude, this week is going to be gathering attention to the Indianapolis Colts running back room, and that is going to be Mr. Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts are going to have a positive 67% run blocking advantage this week. That is one of the highest. That is a top three run blocking advantage on the entire weekend. I believe it's actually the number one run blocking advantage this weekend. That's very good. They run behind the six ranked offensive line. And Boy, oh boy, do they get a treat this week. Like you're getting Jonathan Taylor peaking, if I will, at the proper time. You have Jonathan Taylor against Green Bay, seeing 22 attempts, 26 total opportunities in touch for a buck 14 in yardage basically tying his season high in total yardage that he set against Cincinnati and he goes for 15 fantasy points he had like a 20 plus yard touchdown call back due to a hold probably wasn't a touchdown without the hole but again you'd like to see some upside coming from his game he only ran nine routes that week so that was a little bit concerning but he did catch all four of his targets he had a very high target rate against the Packers and he misses week 12 because he's on the COVID list and he comes back in week 13 against a bad Houston run defense so now he's had some really bad defenses in a row so it's going to be really hard to judge his overall performance when he can do it against good defenses that's another thing but packers Houston bad now he gets the vegas defense now before we get into the vegas defense and how bad they've been against houston he plays again just right around 50 percent of the snaps he sees 13 overall carries he sees three targets ends up seeing 16 touches for a buck 35 a new season high in total yardage he ends up scoring on the season his fifth touchdown so that was good to see it was his number one fantasy game so far this year with over 22 fantasy points so yes jonathan taylor has been coming alive a little bit now obviously a lot of the upside from last week came on his receiving touchdown where he's kind of just left wide open but he still had a couple nice catches on that catch itself he kind of had to pick it up off the ground it was a little bit behind him bad throw by his quarterback, Philip Rivers, he actually ran 13 routes, which was the most that we've seen Jonathan Taylor run since week six, which is encouraging as Naeem Himes was recently running all the routes and Jonathan Taylor was only running like five routes a game. You're getting the Raiders this week. They're ranked 30th in run defense and dead last in tackling. That's very good for Jonathan Taylor, who's coming off of his best broken tackle game of the season with five evaded tackles in week 13. The Raiders give up over 120 rushing yards per game, bottom third in the league right now. Now let's look at week 13 and the exact snap Jonathan Taylor played 49% of the snaps while Naeem Himes played about 30. 30- to 33 percent so jonathan taylor was in fact the lead running back taylor saw those 16 touches for over 130 yards in a touchdown and he also had naeem haim seeing nine touches he only was able to produce 32 yards, but he did get a goal line touchdown, which is kind of tilting if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, that Naeem Himes was getting a goal line carry and Taylor wasn't. But if you watch the tape and you check it out, Jonathan Taylor did get them basically down there. It seemed like he came out for a breather. We're hoping that's what it was since he was having a good game even, and then Naeem Himes punched it in from a yard out. Now, Taylor on the season has 148 carries. He's averaging about 13 and a half carries per game to this point, and he does rank top 20 in rushing yards for a guy that's missed about a game and a half to this point with 609. But then you have some very nice and encouraging passing game volume stuff, and you you want to see even more of this you want to see for somebody that's seen at this point at least two receptions in every single game that he's played in since week five you want to see that number just hit the threshold of the three or four receptions in every single game because he's been good in the passing game right now he ranks third amongst running backs in yards per reception with 9.3 his catch rate is the highest in the nfl for running backs at this point his routes run are slowly come starting to come up as of last week he ranks top eight overall in breakaway runs and his evaded tackles per touch are coming up after setting a season high last week with five these are all great things to see now where does jonathan taylor over? overall rank out for me in my projections as we pull them up. I do think that he ranks out as somebody that you have to make as a conscious pivot. He's not going to grade out for the highest fantasy points on the entire weekend. No, he won't grade out really anywhere near that at $5,800. I think what we're rooting for here is that the passing game volume increases for him. I have him projected for 13 and a half fantasy points. I have him as a C plus in cash. Then you can see he comes in as a B minus in gvps for me, but he's only going to be around right now, 7% owned. And I think that that number probably even drops. I would project that Jonathan Taylor becomes 5% or less owned in most large field GPPs, which means that he's just starting to just become a, a natural pivot off of a Miles Gaskin, who I do like a lot this week. He'll become a pivot off of, but is also likely to be lower ownership on Ronald Jones in that range. Josh Jacobs, probably lower owned, So there's not much in this range to choose him. right? Not a lot of people are going to be playing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So it's mainly going to be a pivot off of Miles Gaskin, who is likely going to be one of the highest owned running backs on the entire week. So I'm in lineups where I don't play Miles Gaskin, or I do want to get different if I'm playing a chief stack with some of the chalkier chiefs like a Tyree kill maybe even trying to jam a Kelsey in there and I'm trying to build with mid-range or cheaper running backs a way to get off of a very chalky build with a Miles Gaskin in it is to just go over to Jonathan Taylor now obviously Gaskin's 20 plus touch opportunity projection and upside is going to look a lot better on paper but that's why the ownership is going to be three to four times as much at this point I do believe that we can rely on based on my projection on Jonathan Taylor to be seeing 15 plus opportunities in this game to be running 10 plus routes in this game and then honestly it all comes down to can he hit that touchdown for us or not the usage the per touch. Of efficiency, the broken tackles as of late have looked very good for Jonathan Taylor. And now he's going to get maybe his easiest matchup on the ground. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is our, that one due to the running back position who's likely going to come in by the end of it, by the end of the entire week right now, below 5% owned. And especially because now you have David Johnson on the COVID list. This is another thing to point out. Duke Johnson's ownership is going to come up at below $5,000. That's another guy that's going to be pulling ownership off of the, let's just say, Clyde edwards Hilaire range with the other options in there, like Wayne Gallman and Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to just pull Jonathan Taylor's ownership down from where we currently have have it at seven percent i'll probably update it throughout the weekend but i do think the numbers are going to show me that it's probably going to get dipped down below maybe five three four percent jonathan taylor is our that one dude at the running back position this week next up we go over to the wide receiver position and this man is going to be one of not maybe my favorite although he probably will be up there as one of my higher own run back options purely in stacks and he's going to be our that one dude at the wide receiver position he's going to be getting the ball chucked to him no no, no not from the harvard graduate ryan fitzpatrick but from the rookie top five overall pick and Mr. Tua Tunga Viola this week. So that man's going to be Devante Parker, who I currently have coming in right around 6% projected ownership. Now, why do I like Devante Parker this week? Let's just look into some matchup stuff. I'll, I'll preface all this by saying I'm going to get a lot of Chiefs stacks, or at least I assume based on by the time I run my crunches tomorrow based on my projections and all my correlation stuff, and I will be getting a good amount of chief stacks tomorrow morning when I do all that. And I'm going to need runback options. So you do have Miles Gaskin, right? You do have Mike Gusecki, but you also have Devontae Parker, who is a wide receiver who has maybe the highest range of outcomes for big 30 plus point performance. And Devontae Parker, as you can see on the screen right now, his likely matchup is going to be going up against Ward, which is a positive 21% matchup. Now he's not just going to see Ward, he lines up 37% of the time on the left side, and also 37% of the time on the right side, meaning that he's going to see like 20 or 25% slot usage. So we will also see, see Rashad Breeland on the opposite side he might see some slot usage as well against Tyron Matthew so either way I think it's going to be a positive advantage especially size-wise when he moves into the slot against whoever the slot cornerback will be Tyron Matthew at times for the Kansas City Chiefs now on the season Devontae Parker has been very good he's top 20 in targets he's missed some games and he's been banged up especially to start the year he played through injuries he missed some games banged up the entire season he's right now 16th in completed air yards he right now ranks top eight in contested catch rates which has kind of been his forte he's ranking over around 12 fantasy points per game but is going to be a little bit skewed because he has gotten left games early with injury. He has gotten ejected from some games at this point as well. But Devontae Parker is somebody that I like a lot this week because correlation makes sense. If I'm playing Mahomes' stacks and I want to run it back with a Gusecki and full-on correlate that thing, Devontae Parker's upside is going to be fantastic. Who is going to score quick for Miami? Who's going to keep this game a high-scoring game and keep it so that Patrick Mahomes has to throw for 400 yards, has to throw for five touchdowns? Tyree Killer, Travis Kelsey, or Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins, all these guys have to get there, right? If it's the Chiefs' up- By 28 at halftime, well, then yes, that might be good for Devontae Parker, but it might not be that good for Patrick Mahomes throwing a lot in the second half. You want this game to stay competitive. How does that happen? Well, one, it happens by two of throwing more, and he's coming off of a week where he damn near threw 40 times the most that he's been throwing as a rookie by far by over 10 attempts in last week. That is very good to see. And then you want the Miami Dolphins to be getting there quickly. Yes, if we're going to have a a lot of Miles Gaskin, we want to see him have touches, but we don't want it to be these 13 play drives. We want him to have five, six play drives, 30, 40 yard touchdowns, and Devontae Parker is probably the leaning candidate to have these big play upside touchdowns. And just in general, wide receivers will have that on most teams in the passing games. So that correlates directly with our chief stacks. So that's one reason, but I like what I'm seeing as of late as the, out of Devontae Parker, it almost doesn't matter the quarterback for Devontae Parker. Now, obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to boost the ceiling. You saw that in week 12, when he plays hundred percent of the snaps and it's almost guaranteeing, like, you know, how this is going to go. He ends up catching eight of 14 targets over 115 yards. And he finishes with over 20 fantasy points that week. He was a top 10 wide receiver, but then Tua comes back in the week before that in week 11 we look at it. A tough matchup against A.J. Boye, it didn't matter. Tua targeted him a bunch. Two red zone targets. He caught six of his nine targets. Very good to see the nine targets for 61 yards and a touchdown over 18 fantasy points. And now when he's been out there with Tua, Tua's targeting him, right? Seven, seven, nine targets. He's getting a ton of red zone usage from Tua as well. And his last three games with Tua, he's seen seven total red zone targets. And In his last game in week 13, he got even more usage from Tua. And there's a big caveat to remember about this. He got thrown out on this game. In weeks 11 and 12, he played 100% of the snaps. In week 13, he only played 78% of the snaps. So he lost almost a quarter of his snaps because there's a little bit of a brawl and a bunch of players got thrown out against that Bengals game with one of them being, and also Matt Collins, another receiver on the Dolphins, but one of them being Devontae Parker. But even in that game, he sees volume. Now it's not great production, four catches, 35 yards on eight targets, but he sees eight targets in basically three quarters of the game. He sees a season high, three red zone targets in that game as well. Tua has his eyes on, not just all over the field, Devontae Parker for targets, but especially in the red zone, he's looking Devontae Parker's way. And this is the perfect game with negative game script playing from behind as touchdown underdogs or so for Devontae Parker to see double the targets. And if they have success moving the ball to see two or three red zone targets and catch in on those. I like Devontae Parker a lot this week as a lower owned player who has a lot of upside. Now, where does Devontae Parker rank out for me? Well, he's $6,100 this week, and I have him projected for about 15 fantasy points, which is a pretty good projection to this point. It's definitely above average. I have him coming in around 6% ownership. He's a C plus in cash for me, but then again, he is a B in GPPs. Devontae Parkers are that one dude at the wide receiver position against the Chiefs this week. I like the upside, especially in my runback options for those Chiefs stacks. Next up, we move to the tight end position where this tight end is going to be our that one dude this week. And if you're still watching right now, please do hit that like button hit the big old subscribe and i know we mentioned it a couple times during the video but yeah if you do want to follow along with the projections for every single player 20 plus pages it's 27 pages of game by game notes this week really outdid ourselves over here at Vetry media llc Salvetry youtube channel on the podcast just said so you're you know you're already there's three extra games or two extra games in the slate four extra teams so you got to get even more pages and even more analysis out there so full projection rankings ownership 20 pages of game by game notes showdown information a closing thoughts podcast strategy podcast basically mapping out exactly how to more times than not win the slate every single week. Take home them Dollaruskies. a lot of stuff, a discord access, a ton of people in there speaking about daily fantasy sports, sports betting, just like-minded people that have a lot of education, a lot of experience with this. Check it out down below patreon.com backslash sal underscore betry underscore. We're almost to 700 patrons. Shout out to all of you. And if you're about to become a member, welcome home. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the team. we will love to have you. We move to the tight end position now. And yes, this tight end position is going to be a little bit top heavy, but there's 13 games in the slate. There's 26 teams. And even if Travis Kelsey is very expensive and he looks great, he'll still pay up ownership. I have him with the highest ownership projection this week right now, right around 14%. And then I have like Logan Thomas coming in around 10%. Then everybody else is in the single digits for the most part. But I'm trying to find a guy who's really low on that has a ton of upside. And I think I found this guy this week. And this man plays on the New York Giants. He plays in New York. And this man's name is Evan Ingram. Now he has a quarterback, not controversy, but we have some cloudiness there. Will Daniel Jones play? He's questionable this week. Well, if Daniel Jones plays, Evan Ingram is definitely the guy that I want to be getting to. But even if Daniel Jones doesn't play, I still have interest in getting to Evan Ingram. Colt McCoy very much used and very heavily used last week, Evan Ingram. Now, again, we'll have to track Evan Ingram's status or his quarterback status, Daniel Jones, but I like Evan Ingram a lot. Let's look at his matchup. He'll have a matchup against Chris Banjo, which is not going to be a positive matchup in terms of how good Chris Banjo has been this year, but it's not like it's a one-on-one matchup every single time. Evan Ingram is the least blocking tight end. He runs the most routes. He does not block at all, so he's going to have a lot of positive matchups in the slot and out wide against Banjo, which is going to be an even more positive advantage than if he was just on the line of scrimmage and doesn't get as good of a release or is not set up as much to succeed. Now, he's played the sixth most Snaps this year. He's ran top eight routes in the NFL and he has the second highest route participation at 93% so far this year. And he's up there in a lot of categories that people just kind of forget about because he's been quiet. The Giants are just starting to come on, but people are going to start to recognize this last month of the season, Evan Ingram even more. I mean, it's hard not to. Since week seven, Evan Ingram has at least every single game except one, eight or more targets. And in two of those games, he has double digit targets. So he's been used a ton as of late, but people are just starting to see it. He's third overall in targets, he has the fourth highest target share at 22% so far in the season now the downside you remember right that big catch on monday night football or the sunday night football against the eagles he's number one in drops so far this season he's top 10 in yards after the catch so and he's fifth in overall receiving yards for tight ends you see all those stats on the screen right now and now evan ingram this is the thing that i like to see even if it's not daniel jones there's upside here in a game last week where he runs borderline his second fewest routes run on the season at 19 why because the giants were just running the hell out of the ball because it was working against seattle and they were playing with a lead which is not always going to be the case he ends up running just 19 routes, but he's targeted. Targeted on eight of those routes, right? He's targeted on close to 50% of his overall routes run. That's an insane number. That means there was very heavy usage from Colt McCoy last week. One of them was a red zone target. He catches four of them for 32 yards. Look, 7.2 fantasy points is probably not going to get it done for you as a that one, dude. It won't burn your lineups at this price point, but I suspect that Evan Ingram is going to be running a lot more routes this week because I don't think that they're going to be leading the entire game and be able to run the ball 35 to 40 plus times in this game like they were against Seattle. So if Evan Ingram gets back to just what he was doing the weeks before that 38 route run, 26 routes, 26 routes, 39 routes, 25. Even if he just gets back up to 25 routes run, you're probably going to be in a situation where you kind of are locking in that seven to eight target floor like you've seen for the past month and a half with the upside of 10 plus targets. Obviously, I want Daniel Jones back there. I think they can move the ball better, much better than what Colt McCoy can do. And you can just see that in the passing yards last week for Colt McCoy. They did not trust him. They really didn't have to, but there's no way that they were trusting him to win that game for them. If I pull up right now, my overall projections, you can see that currently I have him at around 5%. on. I think it's going to go down as well, though, especially what happens with this Minnesota Soda News if Irv Smith is active, but he's my third ranked overall point per dollar value. I have Evan Ingram for over 10 fantasy points to this point, right around 15 super draft points at just $4,300. The only guys that rank out as better values for me this week are Travis Kelsey and Logan Thomas, and those guys are both going to likely come in with more than double the ownership of Mr. Evan Ingram. I think there's a nice upside here for Evan Ingram, no matter who's his quarterback, but all the upside in the world, especially if it's Daniel Jones, he's our that one dude at the tight end position. And we'll close up shop now with our punt play for the week, and it's going to be a wide receiver that's going to be a cheap one for you and a cheapie. get into your lineups to have upside in that lineup as maybe a wide receiver one on his team, especially now that some guys on his team are definitely banged up this year, has a good matchup this week. And I will just remind you before we announce his name and finish up the show that yeah, $100 giveaway this week, just leave away for me to contact you. If you leave a five-star rating review on the Apple store or the Stitcher store, just leave away for me to contact you. The Sal Vetri show, it's normally a $50 giveaway, but for the good people of this show and whoever sees the live stream tomorrow, we're going to bump it up to $100 to try and get them downloads and just get those podcast reviews so we can rank up the charts a little bit more. Maybe we can one day this year, crack the top 10 towards the end of the year least. That man's name for me is going to be somebody that's coming in around five, 6% ownership right now. I think it'll likely go down as more ownership jumps onto Curtis Samuel as well, who's going to be not that much more expensive than him, like a $1,000 more, but still in that general price range. And this man's name is going to be Mr. Tim Patrick, who basically has a neutral matchup this week against Rashad Douglas. he will see some other options there. Douglas is allowing just .97 yards per cover so far this season. But look, Tim Patrick has been good. 18% target share and five and a half targets per game. He's right now number 11 in deep targets on the year of 20 plus yards, and he's seen a 16% slot usage in full games, full games this year, right? Because he's been thrown out of one game in full games where he hasn't had Hinton as his quarterback. So let's just try and clarify this. Been thrown out of one game this year, and also Hinton, who was a practice squad quarterback that game, who threw nine times for like one completion in the total game. And games where that is not the case. No hint in that quarterback and full games where he doesn't get thrown out. He's seen seven plus games of 10 plus fantasy points. Think about that again. Seven plus games of 10 plus fantasy points for this guy who's priced at just $4,200 this week. There's a lot of upside there. And let's look at the exact fantasy points. 20.4, 17, 10.1, 13, right? A lot of upside here. 14.1. There's a ton of upside for this man. He has not scored below in games that he has not been thrown out or had hidden. 10 fantasy points since week two when Joe Hayden held him to just 4.4 and week one when Malcolm Butler held him to about seven. Tim Patrick has been good this year. Tim Patrick is running routes this year, right? His quarterback has not been good, but that's fine. Like getting these negative game scripts where so you can play from behind. Now he has a positive matchup against this Carolina secondary. That has not been good. They have a decent pass rush, but their secondary in general, not been all that good at all if you want to look at right now where tim patrick ranks for me he ranks as one of my top values at wide receiver this week he definitely ranks as a top 10 value and he's borderline top eight right now for 11.2 fantasy points that raids out as a 2.67 value again that is currently the eighth overall value in my rankings this week i have him as a b minus in cash and a b in gbps the only guys that rank out as better values this week at the wide receiver position for him are curtis samuel robbie anderson Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, Chris Goblin, and right now Brandon Cooks as of Saturday morning recording. Looks like a nice value. Looks like a nice nice punt option for us that actually has some sort of consistency. Normally punts don't have a floor. It seems like Tim Patrick has a decent floor right around those double digit fantasy points. So Tim Patrick is our that one dude at the punt position of wide receiver this week. Thank you so much for tuning into this video. I appreciate you all a ton in advance. Please do before you go like and subscribe. Please do check out Patreon and support the sponsor of the show Superdraft. My name's Sal. I'll get you that free money bonus up to a thousand dollar why would you not take advantage of an offer and a website that is going to be definitely saturated in the future based on how good, based on how many people we're sending over there, and based on how good the gaming experience is? Why not get in there right now while it's not that saturated, while the contests still don't fully fill for all the sports at this point? Take advantage of it, especially with the NBA coming up. We'll be doing a lot of content uh, for the NBA. We'll also be mentioning Superdraft and playing some Superdraft NBA content. Cannot wait for that. They have preseason stuff right now. Use that promo code style to take advantage of all the benefits. You all rock, everybody. I'll be live tomorrow at 10 a.m. East Coast time for the Sunday Main Slate answering your questions for an hour to an hour and a half. We'll also have our Sunday Closing Dots podcast up on Sunday morning early, probably around 7 or 8 a.m. for all our Patreon members. I'll be active in the Discord the next day or two. It's my girlfriend's birthday today, so probably not too much today. Out of respect for my girlfriend, going to be hanging out all day. Maybe get some brunch, hang out, you know, all that stuff. I love it. Uh, winter's almost here. Hope you're having a great holiday season, and I'll see you all tomorrow on the live stream.